Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, everybody. It's the new us. We're not uh, hungover from drinking too much green beer. We took it easy yesterday. We did. But we had fun. Thanks for inviting me to... Yeah, Julia invited me for a little... A pint with an Irishman. Yes, we were with Kieran. We were with Molly. We were with um, Ben, our new friend. That's from, a Dubliner? No, Ben is in charge of that place that you always go, Rocco. The Midtown Global Market. That's the right. NBC, the, the place we did a fundraiser for That's, last summer. Yeah, and he said that was a life changer for them. So that was really nice. He's, you know, he said it's been a hard year. Yeah. You know, but that was really nice. And one of that, but then Lori, this guy comes over with amazing hair and he's like, I always see your partner at the John Lennon show. And I'm like, well, she's always there at the John Lennon show. I'm wondering Who is if, it? David. David Newsbaum. And I got to find it. And I- he is part of the band in the 80s swing set. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he's got big, really curly hair, kind of straight up, yeah, kind of yeah, cool-looking yeah. guy. And um, he's like, yeah, I always see your partner. And and so he he was pretty funny. And so he was telling us about how the band Swing Set, which was an 80s band that you, I'm sure, went and heard, mm-hmm. Um I was gone a lot of the 80s. I blame it on that. Yeah. You were in like Phoenix. And I was Hawaii. everywhere. And I didn't get really to Minneapolis. Well, I get to Minneapolis, I guess, like in 82. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he would. And so he was telling us about how this show, Stranger Things, picked up their song Blacked Out and how that has kind of made this new. And they um, used it like in a scene where like Winona Ryder was making out in a car or something. Yep. Anyways, I, we can play it a little. Play it, it. Play it. See if you recognize this. Okay. So this is the celebrity we ran into. Yes. It was originally recorded in 1985 at the historic Blackberry Way Studios and was released the next year on the album Life Speeds Up. It was recently digitally remastered by Blackberry Way Records. Michael Owens, who um, has recently placed several Blackberry Way recordings onto popular television shows. Yeah. And it was included in um, the label's night, excuse me, 2014 compilation that they send out. Mini hits of Minneapolis volume volume two. I my computer's so far away from me I can't see it, so I'm like going in on it. And so anyway, they picked it up for that. Cool. And that is so 80 sounding, isn't yeah, it? I love it. But it was pretty fun. And so everyone's like, say hi, Lars. You know, as long as we're talking 80s uh, Minneapolis music on YouTube. Yeah. The other day, somehow I stumbled across um, a replacements show from the entry which is on uh, YouTube's, it was uploaded by Twin Tone Records. Right. And it was all, so I was like, oh, let me see what else they have. So they have a ton of suburb stuff, including our theme song. Yes. So you can watch the original video for Love is the Law from 1982 on YouTube. And then they have a handful of other suburbs videos and I think some suburbs live. So if you, if you like our theme song, check that out. Oh, I I love that. Yeah. I love that. So anyway, it was a fun St. Patrick's Day that we went to the Dubliner. Were you outside, outside in the patio? We were outside yes. the patio. What a beautiful. The, it was a great night. The music yeah. had just wrapped up. Mm. Yeah. And uh, then, so we didn't really have any Irish music. Okay. But 
Well, you could have. You um, could have heard it from the inside because it was. Yeah. It started again at seven, but okay. they had Irish stew. They had Kieran's soda bread, which is so know, good. The mm-hmm. Irish soda bread. It was really fun. I ran into some other people I haven't seen in a year or two. We went. We went to the Dubbler Nerd two years ago after a show for St. Saint Saint Patty's. Patty's Day. Yeah, we just went after work. This it's, was my first time hanging out with the the famous Julia. And people you, just recognize. I mean, we were there like three minutes, and people were staring at her, coming up to her. I listen to your show all the time. Time. And I'm like, amazing. and this is Rocco. I know. And this is, we love you, Rocco. We love you, Rocco. It's amazing. Yeah. Good. We, we got to get vaccinated so we can do this more often. Oh, oh no tell kidding. me about it. And the people who were vaccinated were just so excited about yeah. being vaccinated. Like, you ought to be. I'm so well, happy as anyone would be. My friend JJ, the reason I couldn't go out with you guys, I had bowling last night. Yes. We start at seven. Um, On the other side of town. So. At Tuttle's yeah. in Hopkins. So, mm-hmm. you know, the complete opposite. But she, I uh, got the Johnson and Johnson. And yeah, one so she, shot wonder. Yeah, so she came up, but Tuttles had a band and it was absolutely uh, packed in there. Because mm-hmm. there's a, a bar and a restaurant and where the bands play that's uh, off of where the bowling alley is. Right. Was it a blast? Uh, I didn't go in there because there were so many people many and I'm people. not vaccinated. Right. You know, so we just hung out on the bowling alley side, but. Um, uh, we're missing out on all the fun. Hurry up, vaccine. Bring it on. But we totally were having fun. And then bowling, I really was like all excited because I rolled a 160. My very first game, I was just one with That's my good. pins. I That's was, serious. Oh, and then I bowled a 103. So you oh. see the highs and the lows of any sport. Is That's like, and do you guys do three games or two? Three. Okay. That's like my tennis. But I mean, I'm good for a set, and I'm horrid for the. Oh yeah, one of our guys built a two hundred. Mm. I can't. I, I can't remember. I think it was Josie. How was Jackie? Josie had a pretty good How game. Was Jackie? She's good. How was JJ? Was she? Yeah, I haven't seen her in years, Lori. We were laughing about how when she hired me at my first travel job, right? Because my experience was that I'd work spring break trip directing for college. One season. Daytona Beach. Daytona. Lori, I'm sure you were the best they ever had. Oh, Julia, I got to work in a bathing suit every day. I know you did. Um, But uh, JJ hired me, and this was back when there were like seven chartered tour companies operating out of here, and I worked, hired me for this company. MLT, IT. No, First Tours. Oh, First Tours, okay. That's who I worked for. And um, But then, you know, she asked me, you know, do do bowl, and I had bowled with my sister like in college on oh. a on a fun league. Okay, and she's. I'm like, yeah, and she goes, well, I bowl at Elsie's on a Wednesday night ladies league at nine p.m. I don't even think they have nine o'clock leagues anymore. They do in tennis. Yeah, but That's, not in bowling. Oh, okay. Not in bowling. And I was like, sure. And you know, Elsie's, and it was just kind of epic. It was all these. This is like thirty five plus years ago. It was so many. So many, and everybody had the button polyester shirts with their name embroidered <laughs> on them. And we were we wouldn't finish until like midnight. And those Polish gals that we bowled with, a lot of them were, you know, like 60s, 70s. And they just, uh, you know, drank and swore and played poker. And, you know, I really... Have not Missed stopped them. bowling since. No, you have. I just move around. A when few I lanes. first met you, and you're like, I'm a bowler. I'm like, what's that? It I know. And then she's like, and I and I curled on a team too. Oh yeah, Rocco, she was on a curling I team. Curled oh really? After college, we did that once too. We uh, my bowling team started a curl. Joined a beginner curling league. That's not easy. Yeah, and then at one point we were bowling in the winter and bocceing in the summer, and we called ourselves bowlingual. 
bowling <laughs> announcement. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But oh, anyway, yeah, funny. Uh, it was just kind of like, and then I, you know, I did bowl my average the the third game, but it was it was ugly. I kept getting distracted thinking about different things that we were talking about, you know, and a lot of it is. Um, Provocative stuff. So surprising. No, this just is surprising. Did you have your cards? Were the no, naked we didn't men have cards? cards there? It was all our imaginations all right. and uh, smack talk. You know, just basically that kind of thing. And I'd come back and I'd say, I got distracted thinking about blah blah blah. And they were like, "Stop thinking about you know all your dirty thoughts and focus on bowling." And you're like, "How can I stop them? We're They're la- pouring in at Hump Day. We were in last place. Well, what's that about? We're in first place. My tennis team, by the way." Mm-hmm. We're going to get a crying towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only redeeming thing about coming in last. You get a little crying towel. And it's just a towel. That, for like wiping yeah. off your ball. Sure, sure. And, you know, every good And bowl. it's for free if oh, you're losers. For, yeah, so you don't have to pay losing. for it. That's okay, it's right. like the golf towel. Right. Okay. All right, listen, we got to go. Uh, we're going to push back our story we can't get enough of. And it's a good one. I'll just say Lenny and his coconut. Um, and when we come back, we got Matt Belanger from Channel 5 Eyewitness News. It's that time of the week. Time for... It's Matt Belanger! Belanger. Belanger. Is that it? It's Matt Belanger! No. Belanger. Want to try again? It's Matt Belanger! Juliet, that's not even how you pronounce Bazinga. It's, it's Matt Belanger! Don't listen to them. It's Matt Belanger. It's Matt Belanger! Belanger, Buck, Langer. Ah, yes, I am Matt Belanger, the man happily riding Lori and Julia's coattails on the radio since that faithful day we met at the fair. I know. How are you? It was such a great (laughs) meeting, wasn't it? It was so fun. It was wonderful. We sang on the bus. Sweet Caroline, of all things. Yes. Probably annoyed a couple people, but oh well, you know, they have to deal with us. Well, How are you? you. I'm, I'm sorry busy. I missed a couple of weeks. I, I was on the early, early 2 a.m. wake-up call shift, and okay, so I appreciate it. if you have to be at work at 2 a.m.? Yeah, so uh, you've got to be in bed by, like, 6 if you're going to function. And uh, what I found is are you, are you can kidding? push it. You go to bed at 6 p.m.? You'd have to. Yeah. And you get up at 2 a.m.? Uh, I mean, I mean, you got to be winding down about six to get up at two, two thirty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh my word, yeah, you Lori! Yeah, your I, clock. You know, for a while there, I'm like, when my kids were little, I'm like, Lori, it'd be so great if we had the morning shift because then I could be home after school with my kids. She's like, no way. Yeah, <laughs> what do you want to be home it's with a, your kids? It's after? a monster. It's yeah, a monster. Right? You can push it. I found you can stay up if you want to yeah. eight or nine and get through the next day. The problem is it starts to snowball. Yeah, I believe <laughs> and you. after three days of that, you can't even function you know i believe you yeah naps are your friend naps are your friend hey big stories two quick updates for you today let's do um first we'll talk about the trial in downtown minneapolis the derek chauvin murder Mm -hmm. trial uh just a a couple uh, interesting developments today the very latest the court was on a break until eight minutes ago they just resumed uh there are three jurors left to select so they're they're cruising right along here in the jury selection process but this week there was that interesting um setback, if you will, uh, because of the city of Minneapolis's uh, announced $27 million settlement with the family of George mm-hmm. Floyd that happened on Friday, they kind of had to go back this week and re-question the jurors they already seated for the case. What? And after that, two of them ended up getting yeah. dismissed 
even though they were already selected for the case. So they kind of went back by two, but now where things stand, uh, we just have three more left to choose, 12 jurors and two alternates. When they have 14 people identified, they can move forward to opening statements later this month. Those are on the calendar to start later in March. What about the um, petition to move the trial, and does that prejudice uh, a jury? Because in I can't think of any other case where something, a civil suit has been settled before the the criminal's, uh, you know, trial. It's, I I think it's fair to say that that surprised a lot of people. And that is going to be a topic of discussion. In fact, Lori, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, the judge overseeing the case, Peter Cahill, is expected to probably right out of the gate tomorrow morning, uh, cover some big rulings, some big decisions. And one of those includes this possible delay of the trial. And that's going to have huge implications. If, for example, there is a delay, then what happens to all of the security preparations up around downtown? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the street closed under the government center building. Uh, and, I mean, all of the barricades and the fencing and the barriers. I mean, it just makes you wonder what, what will happen to that if, in fact, that is how things play out tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, a big day yeah. for news in the, the Chauvin trial. I mean, for the sure. city of Minneapolis could have dragged that out. It, it didn't need to be settled. That just seems like just another thing that the city of Minneapolis does did as far as that because um you know it is normally settled after Afterwards. like uh, Justine Damon that happened after the mm-hmm. after the Nord trial because it can I could see how it could it prejudice, could influence yes. even though people you never get your person back so there's no amount of money sure. that really will ever make up Absolutely. for the trauma of all of that but but yeah it is there are a lot people. of people are questioning Minneapolis's strategies right now but yeah. we'll move on to the next okay. thing okay Matt what okay else you got? next up no problem absolutely the other uh, of course you know I'm your coronavirus uh, update guy and uh, one of the big headlines is this week uh, you know governor Tim Walls and lieutenant governor Peggy Flanagan and the health commissioner Jan Malcolm they're all in quarantine why themselves they now. Okay, Lori and I were going, we're crazy. going crazy. Why haven't these elected Co- officials at that level well, gotten their shots? Why wouldn't they be vaccinated? Why are they patiently waiting in line? They are who they are. They should get a jump on it. So here's the thing, um, and I, I'm going to make sure I, I, I don't have this wrong. I'm going to have my notes in front of me, but Jan Malcolm got the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine, I believe. Is what it, but she was at the event where this uh, uh, possible exposure happened and it's within the window of time so she got the vaccine but it was within a it doesn't immediately do what it needs to do in your body so she so it was within this window all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's Stephen Diener host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the Unidentified Alien Podcast or UAP for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
window that she still needs to quarantine out of precaution. And I think uh, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan got one of the two, one of one dose of the oh, vaccine that okay. where you need two doses. So she's in between. The governor's waiting in line for his his rightful turn, and um, I, I think he doesn't want to. If, I don't. I don't want to say what I'm. The governor's saying, but I, I don't think he wants to get in line in front of another Minnesotan. That's probably what he's think thinking there. I don't think anyone would begrudge him. I don't that. think but so the either. People would begrudge him that, or people don't like him anyway. To me, it makes sense that you have the yeah. governor get get it. He gets to you know jump in, right. jump in there. You yeah. Know. So there are two other big milestones today. Okay, the tell state. Us. So there's a there's a good one and a and a meh one. Uh, we do have. We just passed five hundred thousand recorded cases. So that's where we're at as far wow. as in the state coronavirus cases. However, at the same time, the bigger number, um, we have uh, passed 2 million administered uh, vaccine doses. So there you go. I mean, we are, we, are, we are vaccinating are lots and lots of Minnesotans. There's 5.56 5. million people in the state of Minnesota. Okay. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is getting yeah, towards... Our, yeah, that's good. It's a, yeah, well, that's 2 million doses. Some people need two doses. Keep right. that in mind. Oh, so it's right. not 2 million people, but it's a thing. So so there's your coronavirus update, too. Uh, it's been weeks. Can we talk a little TV? Sure. Tell us what you've well, been watching on. So so I, I spent the big bucks and rented the Barb and Star movie because I needed a laugh. Did okay. You, did you guys? I saw it. <laughs> Chris, did, Kristen Wiig. I loved and, it. Uh, I lo- I thought I loved the whole darn thing yep. and it took some it took some crazy turns that I didn't expect it to take based on the preview, you know? Like right the start of it, Julia, right? Like yeah. it was like not what you expected. Oh, no, not at all. But it's like a musical in a movie. Yes. And it, I kind it, of I was it's I what we it. need right now. It it was delightful. Totally. Some people were poo-pooing it and stuff. I just thought it was super fun and unexpected and I went in with no expectations. Right. 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 It just sit back and have fun. Because it is the wild. Other, the other little guilty pleasure that Kyle and I have started watching, and it's getting – I just read something online about how there's uh, people who are reacting um, angrily to this show. It's called Marriage or Mortgage on Netflix. It's trending. It's it is. It, it, it's hot right now, yeah. and there's basically a realtor and then a wedding planner, and these couples come on, and they've got like twenty, thirty thousand dollars saved up, and then the realtor tries to convince them to buy their dream house or a house, and then the the wedding planner pulls out all the stops and tries to get them to spend the money on a big wedding, uh-huh. and you by the end of it, because I mean, you you think you have you know what these people are going to do, yeah. and then they go and do the other thing that you were just like, nah, you got it, you should have put a down payment on that house, and they're like, we want the wedding, you know, and you're screaming at the TV. That's but uh, it, it really draws you in. Yeah. Okay. Because that has been trending on Netflix, like up in the top three or by something. By the house. By <laughs> Lori, the voice of reason. No, and, well, of course. No, I say that as a woman who's been married three times. Or that. Had, okay. Now this big, is going to go in a funny curve. Big funny. I mean, big fancy weddings. Like a lot of money was spent. Yeah. On you those did. two weddings and. <laughs> The wedding that cost no money, which was Casey getting married at the courthouse with just a handful of people and then doing a barbecue, yeah. that was the successful one because you think this day is going to define you, but it's over so quickly and a house, a home is, it will... It's there forever. It's, it's, well, I just will say, I think it gives a hap, it gives a better footing 
mm-hmm. for the start of your relationship instead of being in a hole and still renting right. and saving yeah. up to buy a house. Well, Lori, you'd be the one to yell at the TV for this show for sure. Okay. And for the record, Kyle and I are buying the house, so I we are. are doing the mortgage before marriage. I know you are. <laughs> I, that is so good. You'll be much happier. Thank you. Matt, I hope so. <laughs> we can. You can all watch Matt on KSTP um, Channel Five. And are you back at thanks, 11, 11 o'clock? Yeah, eleven tomorrow morning. I'll have all the court stuff covered for you. All right, all right thank you. When we nice come back, chatting. We're talking to Kathleen West. Uh, her latest book. Are we there yet for the Low J Book Club? Welcome to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We are delighted. We have Kathleen West joining us. And we met Kathleen last year when we read her amazing book, Minor Dramas and Other Catastrophes. And we've known about her next book since like August, and it's finally here. Are we there yet? Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. No kidding. We're going to have you because you're local. And at some point with your next book, we're wanting you to come in studio and meet us finally. Well, I got to be there last year. It was like one of the last things oh, I did. Oh, you were in studio. I can't remember. Yes, it was well, because it was, it was really February, fun. wasn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll be happy to come back as soon as I can. Yeah. Good. Good, me- good memory. Know, I, I'm like having a blur, well, Kathleen. Well, that's why it's a low it's J okay. book club. Yeah. We do. We yeah. specialize in reading <laughs> good books. And Kathleen, oh. you've... You've done it again. Um, please just give our people the setup of Are We There Yet? Okay. Are We There Yet is about Alice Sullivan, and she's in her late 30s, and she feels like she's kind of entering a sweet spot of her life. Her youngest child is seven, and she thinks she has more time for her work now, and her career is kind of blossoming. And then she finds out that her daughter is eight levels behind in reading and that her son has engaged in some unfortunate bullying behavior at school and what age is teddy um he's in middle school seventh grade seventh grade yeah so you don't really get very many stories about the middle school stuff and then i mean you i don't know how you get these ideas if this was part of your teaching past yeah i mean i'm wondering where (laughs) this seed came from you know what i I don't know where all the ideas come from. And this one, I knew I wanted to write about um, mom friends and how their relationships changed when their kids' behavior got worse Mm -hmm. um, and how they judged each other and how kind of friendships of convenience evolved over time. But the exact scenario, so Teddy at school pulls down another kid's pants on stage in front of a lot of people. It happens Mm -hmm. at the beginning, so it's not too big of a spoiler. And I thought I'd been really creative about this, but then um, someone that I know, I will not reveal, reminded me that this happened to her husband, and I think I must have just internalized it at some point right. <laughs> and recycled yeah. it for my book. Yeah, because it's, it is, you know, you do explore the whole, I mean, you know, a lot of kids, like, by seventh grade, they will have gotten their first phone, and there's negotiating about what socials you're going to be on. I mean, to me, it sounds like so much anxiety and the social media sense to be a parent, how you navigate that. Yeah. Social media is a big challenge and I've always really enjoyed it, but Mm -hmm. it requires so much thought, you know, forethought and logic. And those things can be really hard to access when you're angry or sad. Um, And the kids in this book are younger. My first, the kids in minor dramas were in high school. These kids are in middle school. So they even have less experience kind of filtering their, reactions and they get into a lot of trouble because of that 
You know, Kathleen, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Kathleen West. Her new book is Are We There Yet? It is so bloody good. And, you know, I I just, you tell the story from a lot of different perspectives, including seventh graders. And, uh, you know, when I've just... Teddy, I love Teddy. I know, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> as I'm reading it, I'm thinking about, you know, because I raised two boys, they're 24 and 25 now, and about during this period about what they might have been thinking and how cool it is to tap into that and what you're doing. I, I just, it's you're so insightful. Mm-hmm. You really are. Oh, thanks. It's so relatable, too. I have two boys also. Mine are 17 and 12. And I really liked thinking about what teenagers are thinking. I've seen a few reviews on Instagram from parents of younger kids who find it a little bit unnerving that teenagers might have negative thoughts about their parents. Um, (laughs) Hopefully I'm not scaring the the parents of toddlers too much, but um, I just think it's fun to think about teenagers and how their impressions of their parents change over time. And, and, you know, Kathleen, let's talk about the other part of the story, which is that Alice, you know, our main our protagonist, if you will, even though the book is multiple voices, you know, her mom has kept a big secret mm-hmm. from her. And I thought that yes. whole storyline was so interesting. Well, thank you. I myself, so I think we can tell that secret too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too big. Do you think? No, no. I don't think so. And you find out right away. right away. Yeah, you find out early. So her mom has had a had a baby when she was 19 that she placed for adoption when I started writing the story, I was really interested in writing about adoption because I myself was adopted and then reunited with my birth parents at age 17 and 19. And I thought the story would kind of center on that conflict, but then I got really into the teen voices, so it kind of veered off in the other direction. But still, I really liked thinking about multi-generational parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, Teddy's worried about disappointing his mom, and Alice is worried about disappointing her mom, and everyone you know still has those parent-child feelings at different life stages yeah and and, you know Kathleen I don't know why this makes me think of that but um so I have a couple friends who are like in their 40s who've tried to find their birth mom and they found them written to them but the birth mom writes back and says I don't I don't want to know you, you know, I don't want to contact you. And I have always said that's because they never, ever, ever told anyone they had a baby. Right. Yes, I'm sure that secret, they can't imagine how to integrate that old secret with their current life. That makes me feel sad for your friends and for the moms. Yes, but I mean, it's the explanation that just, to me, makes the most sense. That somehow, and I I make up elaborate stories that somebody really famous, really rich, (laughs) you know, I make up, you know, some kind of a thing, and they don't know how to, they can't undo, they can't say they've made up this whole other past. Right. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that would be really hard and hurtful, I think, to, to work up the emotional energy to contact the your birth mother mm-hmm. and then to be rejected in that way. I'm glad that didn't happen to me, and I'm glad it didn't happen to the character in my book. Either. Oh, I know oh, yeah. it. I okay. know, because that is all just, that is like a sweet part of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm glad you think that. Mm-hmm. So are we there yet is Kathleen West's latest book. Um, her first book, We Died, was so good. Minor um, drama and other catastrophes. Which Minor was, dramas and other catastrophes. Thank you. So good. You're such a great writer. I'm wondering, because you were a teacher, and then I was just kind of reading something recently, like you would like to have a hybrid of teaching because you missed the connection with the kids 
and of writing. When you were starting, when you made the decision, you know what, I'm going to put both feet out there and not work two jobs and write, you know, and get up at four in the morning to write before I have to teach school. Was there any author out there that you thought had like this great writing path or anyone that you kind of wanted to emulate or anything? I know we always talk about books that influence you, but was there an author that you thought, gosh, that lifestyle is cool? Hmm. I don't know that I knew so much about other writers' lifestyles, but we probably talked about her last year, and I'll just mention again that I love Leanne Moriarty so much. She's the author of Big Little Lies and The Husband's Secret, and reading her book, um, The Husband's Secret, which is my favorite of hers, Mm -hmm. kind of inspired me to start going. I was like, oh, I think I could do something kind of like this. So, and of course, now she seems to have a very glamorous life with the HBO series and everything. So I'd be happy to follow in her footsteps. And you know what? You're, you're, the way you do tell the story, it does, I would put you in the same category as, mm-hmm. as Leanne uh, Moriarty because you write about things that if you just describe it, you go, oh, I don't know if I'd want to write that, but you fill in the drama and the story. It's so good because I, I felt like last year we wanted Reese to do minor. Cata- dramas and other catastrophes because we could have seen that be being something that she would be into. Yeah, I know, and I don't know why she didn't listen to the show and follow up. <laughs> well, I think she, that was a real missed opportunity for her. I, we would agree, Kathleen. We I would agree. <laughs> I mean, I'll tweet her about this book and yeah, also remind again. her. But I mean, what? Yeah. What does your um, Hollywood a- book agent say about this, Kathleen? What kind of well, are they working hard for you? Yes, they work hard for me. And, you know, it's all just so um, random. It feels like, you know, what things get picked up and what things don't get picked up or sometimes books, you know, get optioned and they write a script and it gets rejected or whatever. You know, you just don't know what's going on. We got to play the tipping point with you, Kathleen. We got to just think we just need one person to read either one of your books because, A, you've got a lot of women characters it's rich. It almost is screenplay-ish. It could be easily because you write like Lyanne Moriarty. So someone needs, who do we know that knows Reese or Nicole or whoever else pr- produces things and get them to read this book and make it happen? And Julia and I want to come to the premiere No, with and you. I keep telling Lori <laughs> we should start our own um Producing. Production company. I want to start a yes, production company should. because we read so many great books and it's so much. I just think it would be. But I mean, that is yeah, a story. I like. So that, rich. I like that you see that about the Leanne Moriarty because mm-hmm. uh, I think Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy just did Nine Perfect Strangers. Which did you like bought. that one? I need to see that. Well, That's I a like good that book. book, but I. Yeah. I haven't seen the show yet. It's I need not to out. Is it on Apple Plus? It's oh, not, it's not out, out yet. It's, it's not, not out yet. But they bought it. Before the book even came out, yep. because of Big Little Eyes success, so mm-hmm. I just feel like who, Kathleen? Do you know anyone who would remotely maybe know Reese? Oh, stop, Lori. We're talking <laughs> well, you off. The- <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, wait. I'm just asking. Sure. She might. I have a film agent, so I assume that she knows some people that know Reese, and I'm sure she would love to sell the book to her. So we'll just have to wait and see if she manages to do it. Yeah, I know. But it's just like some of, even Jennifer Garner would like to read this book. I know. I feel like Jennifer Garner and I could be best friends based on Instagram. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's one, I would agree. Yeah. 
She could be yeah. Alice Sullivan. <laughs> oh, she'd be perfect as Alice Sullivan. In the book, as we're talking with Kathleen West, are we there yet? I think one of the things about and the cover, oh gosh, the book oh, so that good. I really related to, and I was talking to Lori about this before we, you know, our show today is that the new writing that we've been experiencing in the past, you know, maybe 10 years at the most has really tapped into the working mom. And, and yeah. that angst you feel when you get the call from school and you're on top of school, but you also have to do your job and you have to be someplace and you have to do the homework pack. And just that I felt that cause Lori's known me for 30, we've worked together for 30 years before I had my children even. So when I started having kids, just that angst of, Gosh, they're sick again. Now what am I going to do? But you feel that in Alice. It almost always, you know, really, and it always falls on the woman. I think like personally, it. Yeah. but it's you really tap into that, mm-hmm. which I think is something I so many women can relate to. And I'm yes. not besmirching men because I know they've upped their game, right? But um, <laughs> you know, it's something, and I think that's really powerful in your writing. Thank you. I do think that somehow I feel like women society holds us to a higher standard or we We hold each other to Mm -hmm. higher higher standard about those things and it always felt now I feel like oh as soon as I say this I'm going to get a call from school but I feel like I'm entering another new phase now with my youngest kid at 12 where um you know I'm less required on a daily basis at all times you know Mm -hmm. um with my older one driving you know for instance they just went in the car together to their track practice so I don't have to deal with that but when they were younger, it's like a, a total puzzle. It's a balancing act. It's all very precarious. And one thing falls out of place, like you lock your keys in the car or somebody gets sick and everything falls apart and it just feels so unsustainable. It's scary. Yeah, it, it was so dramatic. It really was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Well, you, you just tap into everything. You're such an excellent writer. We're so happy to have you, Minnesota's own. And the book is Are We There Yet? We've got two copies to give away Ooh, for good. people that thank you for sending them. I'm sure you, you brought them to us. But we want to get, okay, so the last great book you read before we let you go, Kathleen. Well, I have a book on my shelf that I really want to read, and I think you had the author. Did you have Julia Claiborne Johnson? Oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Loved it. Not are we? No, no it's her. Better, no, next better, time. better luck next better time. Better luck next yes. time. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. That's on my shelf to read next. I can't wait. It's absolutely delightful. And you should. Good. Lori started a conversation with her on Twitter, and she was just so yummy. Yeah. She's yeah. She married to so friendly. She's married to a Hollywood writer. <gasps> Ooh, Uh well, maybe I'll have to become friends with her. Yes. Um, I'm also reading a true crime book right now that's out in August that I think that you guys would really like. It's a fiction, a novel about a family that's obsessed with true crime. It's called The Family Plot. Oh, I'm writing it down. Yeah, Yeah, write that down. I think you'd like it. Awesome. And um, Kathleen, maybe, you know, I don't know if your family is a fair family, but maybe you could come out to the fair and we could just kind of have a yes. fun chat. Okay, that'd be good. We would love that. We would love yes. that. We're just we would, looking I ahead. I'm going to remind you. Okay, okay, good. All right, Kathleen, we have to go. Thank you so <laughs> okay, much. Thank you. All Thanks right. The book, me. All right. Yep. Yeah, bye-bye. Uh, the book is Are We There Yet? Call Rocco 651. Oh, gosh. This J-Lo and A-Rod... Uh, you know, breaking up, getting back together, rolling it out in such an obvious way is, it's so epic. It's so J-Lo. It's and so it's J-Lo. Just so ho- it is so J-Lo. If you think about it, uh, 
everything that's got because she for real dumped him. I know last Friday. Yeah, and it for was re- over the Madison Lacroix McCrory or whatever her name is the Southern Charm chick that A Rod was slipping into her DMs. He's been slipping into everything he can. <laughs> uh, I've I've read this people exclusive with a fine tooth comb, Julia. Yes. And um, there's a quote that says, J-Lo gets stressed out when he's not around her. And I'm like, yeah, because it's hard to keep tabs on your cheating boyfriend when you're in another city or another country. She doesn't trust him because she has caught him. I don't know why she would get back together with well, him, but we talked about it being about the kids. Okay, but I I'll give you an example. Okay, okay when J-Lo was engaged to Ben Affleck, they were supposed to get married like in September-ish. And I only bring this up because in the People exclusive, they said that, um, and of course they go to People because J-Lo does like old fashioned, if you if it's not on People, it doesn't really count. Sure. Okay. okay. That is the celebrity. Sure. Okay. That has legitimacy. Yeah. So that they are in, they're still engaged, but taking things slowly, which of course, as everybody knows, uh, that's just... Uh, Crosstalk, double talk. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. because that you can you actually slow down when you're engaged. I don't think so, Lori. <laughs> no, okay. Isn't that yeah? Yeah. So that was that was a trick question. I, I know, feel like. but an engagement they've already been engaged for two years means you intend to marry. So any slowdown comes from the integrity of someone being Wanting unsure to, about getting married. Exactly. Okay, so um, she's been here before. So she and Ben Affleck they were going to get married in September ish. But that summer, he was caught in a cheating scandal in Vancouver when he got busted for going to a strip club. Remember this? Yes, I do. And went into the back room. And maybe back rooms were, you know, anything can happen and anything does. Right. Especially when you got the platinum card just, you know, plugged in. Okay, so that was the first one. So And and she stuck with him, though, and through that. That happened, like, in July, maybe the end of June, and he was filming something. I remember they did that terrible interview with Entertainment yes, Tonight or from whatever. From a houseboat in Vancouver. But she stuck with them. They called off the wedding, yep. but not the engagement. And then they were together for four more months until they finally ended in January of 2004. So, I mean, that's the thing about J-Lo. She's like one of her romantic movies. She tries. I I, I, she I tries. love a woman that tries. She'll try Why as not? hard as she can right. to make it work. She doesn't quit on love. I mean, right. she went out with that bear, that dancer dude for like five years. But see, that was probably Casper. easy. Yeah, when she was with mm-hmm. Casper. Because he didn't really want to be around her kids. And she didn't want anyone around her kids. I mean, but he was. But this. He didn't have kids. But he didn't have kids, and yes. so their kids are together. But when I read the whole people thing, you know, the whole story, and by the way, we started this with Lenny and the coconut because he he's part of this story because remember on Saturday she posted an Instagram of her lounging and looking very sexy, toss like she just had love in the afternoon to Lenny, I'll fly away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then the, her other video that was very much, you know... A, a, a dig at Alex Rodriguez, like, I'm done with you. Don't even worry. I've yeah, got, look at more, how hot I've got I so am. much game. You're nothing. Right, you know, blah, right. Blah, blah, and then blah, blah. The, the pap, the obviously yes. set up pap shots. And then Lenny today drops this photo, which is posted 
on our website, but it's just Lenny and a coconut. Which he looks beautiful. And this is his memorable. Because he's down there filming the movie with her. It's as memorable as his scarf photo mm-hmm. and a couple of his other. It's very nice. So this is, he's, you know, that's anyway. But the thing that made me sad about the J-Lo story, reading the whole people, is that she is deeply unhappy with him. And she's forcing herself, maybe being manipulated by him, by him using his kids as their feelings. 100%. And to do whatever it can to make it work. And Why do um, you think she's so unhappy? Well, because it's Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. She gave him a glow up. Yes, yeah, okay? totally. There's no totally. one out there that can deny that his profile is now is because of her. 100%. And she realizes that, but she's, you know, she is somebody who, who will try, but it's just like, I don't think Alex shares that same commitment and right? it'll just be a matter of time and maybe she's just sitting back and having her manager do some forensic accounting because apparently they do have two businesses. Yes, they do. That together. There's a, I don't know some how cash. much money, but there's cash. Yeah, they were, they were even going to go buy, try to buy a baseball team together. And, and his people are, you know, leaking that they're, you know, they're, they're engaged, but taking it slowly. So she's just, uh, do you think she's all, the reason she's taking him back is she was so sad that world of dance season four was canceled. I think that upset her, but not as much as the fact that she had it confirmed, confirmed, confirmed mm-hmm. uh, after uh, her detective confirmed it. Um, that he cheated on her. Yeah. And it might not have been the first time, but mm-hmm. he swore it meant nothing. He's got to, you know, whatever. I mean, guy, people do- come up with very creative reasons why they cheat. Give me one. Uh, because I was me. lonely. I was you're drunk. always gone. You're always you're off being so drunk. successful. I, I wasn't thinking, you know. Oh. I, I took a Valium. Oh, an Ambien. An Ambien. What was know? I thinking? Well, anyway. they certainly have come back in a very big public way. Right, but so but, I think it would be embarrassing. No, it wouldn't. I'm em- yeah. I, I'm embarrassed. I feel sad for her that I she's 